set up here. So good morning. Welcome to the People Strategies Peer Group. I'm going to turn it over to Maureen, but I am Kelly Phillips, a Membership Development Manager here at TechNex. So going through and going forward, if there are any questions, anything that people have, any topics that you want to talk about, please don't hesitate to email Ryan or myself and we'll do our best to try to get some information to you, connect you with different people that may be able to help as well. So with that, I'm going to turn it over to Maureen and Tara. Okay. So the topic um, driving culture and engagement and sort of the hacks that you might be using <laughs> your organization as a smaller company that probably doesn't hire an outside firm or spend a lot of money on major programs for engagement. Tara and I thought it was going to be a good conversation for sharing. This was pre-COVID-19. <laughs> um, so obviously the perspective is a little different today in the sense that we thought with more immediacy, let's talk about what we're doing with the realities of people working from home, with the realities of people being laid off in your workforce. Um, and don't feel you have to stick to the topic by any means, but, but I think um, whether you be a leader in your organization or you actually have the title of a people man, you know, HR or people manager, you're probably trying to figure out how to manage everybody's engagement and morale during this time while they're remote to you and while they're still trying to be very productive and the company is going through probably uh, its own um, its own um, evolution, let's call it at this point. So I'm Maureen Campbell. I'm a benefits advisor. So I help clients in the tech startup space with their benefits program. Um, I am, I have a huge back office that helps me, but they're another company. So I'm kind of a sole proprietor. So driving engagement and culture for me, I'm not going to have the stories, although I've got a client base that I'm hearing all the stories and how sort of how they're managing it. So I will continue to try to contribute. I don't particularly have a question, but I will Thank you all in advance for sharing what you're sharing today because that allows me to share that with my client community as well. Um, and one of the things that I'll you know, certainly encourage you to do um, if you want to try to send me a connection on LinkedIn, um, today I'm going to be posting two mental health programs that have been developed specifically for COVID-19 that are free for your family, for your friends, whatever. They are counseling-based mental health programs, but it's really about a strong mind during COVID-19. So I'm gonna post those on LinkedIn to try to get them out to the community in case you know, my network hasn't found them. Um, but they are, one is out of, uh, one's university-based and the other is from Beacon Consulting, which are, Beacon Counseling, which are a um, behavioral therapy counseling um, company. Okay, so I'll pass it along to our blank, my blank square on my right, and there's no name in that. It did come up as Pat. Pat, are you there? I am. I apologize. I'm keeping oh, my, my microphone on mute because I have two large dogs, and there's lots of squirrels in the backyard this morning. Ah, great. <laughs> so, at, present, at present, we're okay, but... Um, uh, thank you. I've just briefly introduced myself. I work for Internet Light and Power. Um, we have a lot of channel partners, so I work with a lot of um, different salespeople with different motivations, all remote. Uh, um, so this is 
uh, of interest to me, not just in the COVID situation, but in general, how to sort of motivate and engage over, um, over the internet. Perfect. Thanks, Pat. Pat, can Thank I grab you. your last name? Foley, F-O-L-E-Y. Fabulous. Thanks. Thank you. Okay, so I, Carol, do you want to go ahead? You, you're on mute, Carol. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? We can now. I think. <laughs> I see. Good, uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, yes, I find that this uh, COVID-19 is kind of a challenge for us. And uh, uh, even uh, Peter and I to um, talk to each other in the morning and in the afternoon. And still we are trying to find a, uh, find a way how we can um, be more productive and also how we can um, engage our customers and uh, also our suppliers. Okay, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Carol, do you want to tell people about your company? Oh, I see, sorry. Oh, yeah, uh, we are um, uh, a company called Futons. We, we supply energy efficient LED lighting products to help uh, to hard business to, um, to, save, uh, to save energies by using LED lights. Perfect. Yeah. Okay, Peter, do you want to follow that as Carol's partner in crime? Hi, my name is Peter. Uh, I work with Carol at Photons LED. What we do is, as Carol said, we sell lights. Uh, right now, we're just looking for different ways to engage uh, with our customers and just be productive while kind of having, well, just, it's very different right now than how it normally is. Do you, I have a question for you. Do you guys do install? Are you infected, you're affected, obviously you have a product, but you're also, are you also affected by not being able to do installation? Um, we are affected by that. Uh, and the reason why is just, uh, people are less likely to buy from our suppliers right now just because of not being able to install stuff. Yeah, okay. A very familiar story. <laughs> Uh, okay, so holy smokes, things are changing. Um, Jane, Jane, you there. You yeah, go. I, yeah, I knew I was on mute. It just took me a second to get it off. <laughs> Thanks, Maureen. Uh, good morning. I'm Jane Hutan and Focal Point Coaching and Training. And right now, I am helping my clients uh, survive, keep their businesses going, keep enough money coming in so that they can get through this and take the opportunity to plan and build their business up, uh, build systems, processes, and things so that when when we get to the other side of this, when we get to the after time, uh, they'll be ramped up, ready to go, and uh, be able to you know get their business booming again. Um, and y your question, Maureen, about video, not video, yeah, it, it depends a lot on the internet. My husband has a WebEx call starting at nine. When he goes on his WebEx call, I might have to go off video <laughs> just because the internet, because my kids are doing online courses, to Ryan's point. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, these are interesting times and I'm looking forward to hearing what everyone has to say and, and more than you have to say, because my, cli my clients are struggling, some of them with the whole, now what do I do? How do I keep people engaged? How do I, you know, uh, how do I keep the culture going that I've worked so hard to build with my employees? And now that, you know, we're all working from home and we've got homeschooling and all this other stuff going on. So 
Yeah, be a good day uh, today. Thanks, Jane. And you know what? I'd love to come back to you too, just about those clients that are actually forward thinking. Because I, I, I have to be honest, I think some of my clients are struggling with that at the moment. But, um, you know, good to know. I know for myself, for my own business, I'm trying to be forward thinking. That's partly because I can't do what I used to always do. Um, so Tara, why don't, as, as co-chair here and creative mind, why don't you go next? Um, in <clears throat> Good morning, everyone. Um, I'm Tara Bedford. Um, I'm VP of HR um, at a software company um, called Ruby Life. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I co-chair this group with Maureen. Um, and yeah, really, what I'm looking for is just to, um, we're, we're a company of about 140 people. Um, we recently made some changes as well um, due, to the, due to the downturn. So um, just really interested in hearing from you guys how you're, again, how you're building that culture how you're, what are some of the challenges that you're facing um, and how you're dealing with those. Um, I think everyone is, everyone is dealing, everyone is feeling it in a different way. So just really interested to hear what, um, what some of your challenges are. Thanks, Tara. Pat, Patrick, I'll say, since we've got a pat on the phone, you Patrick. Patrick, Hi, how are you doing? Doing good, good morning. I'm done my breakfast now. So, uh, so I'm the COO, CFO for uh, Pong Game Studios. Uh, so we are uh, effectively our revenues are zero now. Um, we, when I say games, uh, gaming, uh, I mean casino games. And uh, but unlike, well, just like a casino in some ways, uh, we operate in establishments where people congregate, right? Bingo halls, that kind of stuff, through about 12 different states in the U.S. So they've all been shut down. Our gameplay is pretty much zero. Uh, so we have uh, asked everybody to take a pay cut and move to a three-day week and tapping into the uh, enhanced wage subsidy. Um, so that, uh, that's what I'm doing. And as well as I teach at Seneca and with Mars, which is, uh, the Mars one is, is turning out interesting right now because the content is all shifting to how do I survive in an age of COVID. Wow. Okay. You know what? It's, it's, um, thanks for a couple of people talking about surviving. Cause I think, you know, we're here today. We're all kind of on the phones. Isn't this great? We've got a good turnout. You feel kind of optimistic. You forget, <clears throat> don't forget, but the realities are the other side of it is what am I really doing to kind of get by as opposed to maybe that question of does your CEO really care about how you're engaging the team? So that'll be an interesting dialogue. Thanks, yeah. Pat. Um, Jess Ball? Hey, hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Jess Paul Singh. I'm working with uh, US Tech Solutions. Uh, we are a staffing firm. Uh, I'm working closely and working with Annie and Prashant in this organization. Uh, I'm working as an account manager. Uh, my role is more of uh, uh, connecting with the client to get more business and also to help team in delivering the uh, projects that we're getting from the client. Okay, we'll have to come back to that one because maybe you've got some secrets to share about continuing to connect with those clients because I know you guys are still rolling, so good for you. Thanks, Jeff Paul. And well, let's go to Prashant then, and then Annie, and we'll have the whole team covered. Prashant? Hi, everyone. Very good morning. So my full name is Prashant Ravi. So I also work with US Tech along with Annie and Jaspal. So uh, I am a recruiter by profession and right now an, an account manager. 
So it's it's a similar profile to Jaspal. Uh, my takeaway is uh, what I wanted to take from here is, you know, it's uh, similar to Terra in terms of how we are dealing with this situation, how resourceful we are. You know, we when we have resources, you know, we uh, we are the best. But when we don't have some resources, how resourceful are we? And these are the testing times. You know, we've been great so far, and how we can be much better so you know that's the thing that we wanted to look at and probably take it forward from there okay thanks hey annie why don't hi maureen hi everybody so um i'm annie tirani i have been in um staffing industry for for about six years now and i recently moved to u.s tech solution as director of operations my purpose of you know joining this company was they are big in us and uh, we wanted to set up the operations in canada and expand to canada um, i was very motivated everything was uh, going great uh, um, but this covid-19 has changed a lot of things uh, we are still trying our best to keep uh, our clients engaged by giving them option to turning into video interviews um, maybe you know um, also making sure that they are aware that we are 100% operational uh, within our team there are like thousands of people at US Tech especially we have offshore offices in India and Pakistan where they were on their personal computers they didn't even have laptops to take home and you know start working from home but we made that shift possible and now the whole team is working from home um, so these are some of the initiatives that we have internally taken to make sure that we are we remain 100% operational for our clients and as well as uh, you know um, uh, internally so yeah the recruitment industry is changing um, after COVID-19 and um, I want to learn more how others are hiring as well because uh, for now we are uh, looking at a lot of firings rather than hirings um, but still uh, you know I think it's a panic stage Maureen initially and things will settle down and eventually especially in the IT industry um, there will still be scope and hirings will happen so I'm hopeful Absolutely. And you know what, I have to be honest, I get to see sort of the other end of it once someone's hired, we on board, right? It's still happening. So I'm kind of surprised. Some of my companies, I'm still getting onboarding stuff. Um, so there are probably people here who can share what they're doing about recruiting and even in these times. So yeah. how about, thanks Annie, how about Sue? Sorry, I have a printer going in the background. I'm printing off my son's work for the week, so. Hey, the realities of today. Um, so I'm Sue Abraham. I work for Seneca College. I'm the chair of the School of IT Administration and Security. Um, so I'm always looking to hear what's happening in the industry to make sure that the students that we are graduating, are meeting what the industry needs for employment and or employees. Um, but also this is a new world for us as well. We are, you know, 100% online right now and we're used to being face-to-face -face with our students and <clears throat> doing a lot of in-person labs and uh, that's all different now. So it's a, 
it's a totally different scenario for teaching now. And Sue, are you guys um, at Seneca, the, the, the year, the sort of year, does it finish up in May or, because I know many of the universities, right, they're just coming down to that sort of final few weeks, but I don't know if that's your reality or you've got another cohort starting or how it works. So for us, we have another cohort that starts in May um, okay. for my diploma programs. And um, for my degrees, the students are supposed to go out on work terms for the summer, but of course there's no work terms available. So I've had to flip curriculum around so that they can take courses and continue with their studies. Um, so it's been <laughs> probably like a lot of people, it's been plan it this way and then replan it this way and then oh, another flip. So now we got to plan it again <laughs> in a different way. Um, so yeah, it's, it's funny, um, a few people have said to me, oh, you're working from home, that must be great. You've got lots of extra time now. And I'm like, no, I'm putting in 12 hour days because I'm extra busy because everything's virtual. And so there's no conversations, it's 12 emails. It's um, so, yeah, it's just a different, uh, a different world we're all living in now. Absolutely. I. I, I think there's a lot of people, Sue, who, uh, including myself, who hadn't been as busy, you know, in years as I was the first month of this. Um, now, for me, things are normalizing a bit, uh, but I think there'll be the second wave as clients try to figure out whether they can survive through it. But I think the anticipation was, okay, this is interesting. We're all working from home now, and what are we going to do with our days? And I'm not sure that that's been anybody's reality. Um, but maybe we'll talk about both managing through incredible workload and then for others, how do I create structure out of well, sort of a non-structured day anymore? Because I'm sure there's the flip side. Um, I'm trying to think who I haven't hit. Ramasab, we haven't heard from you, have we? No, you have not. I'm here on behalf of D2R. I help them with uh, managing the sales team. We're really just here to gather some information and see how we can uh, make things a bit more engaging for everyone. Okay. Carney? Hi, good morning. Good morning. You want to go ahead and I know you joined after maybe I had said my blurb. Did you want to? Am I just talking about kind of why I joined the session this morning? Sorry, I missed why you want to get what you want to get out of it, and maybe even just as everybody has sort of sharing a little of your reality today. Yeah, sure. So much like everyone else, it's kind of been much busier since everything started. Um, uh, with RBC, we're supporting a lot of small businesses through the crisis. So there's a lot of panic amongst people and then a lot of insecurity as to what's going to happen in the future. So it has been uh, busier than usual. What I was hoping to kind of get out of the session was just learn a little bit more about how others are dealing with it. Um, since we support a lot of other organizations, just to get an idea if there's pointers and tips that we can share with some of our clients to see what's, out, what's happening out there in the market. Okay, thanks Parneet. Yeah. Um, AK, I'm not sure who that is. Yes, hi. Uh, my name is AK. I uh, work for D2R Collect with uh, Rami Saab and uh, uh, Sam Andari. Uh, I'm an account executive uh, uh, reaching out for clients and getting leads uh, currently online all the, uh, 
the only way. And uh, we're, the, my role is mainly sales, uh, trying to reach out for new clients and new leads for our software. Okay, it sounds like we have that whole group um, that's thinking about how do I engage my suppliers and my clients in the community, and then at the same time for other people, it's about their employees and their teams, but I think the conversation, I mean, there'll be nuances to each, but I think we might have to divide it up into those two sides of the house, Tara. I think uh, so. Ryan? What's up? Hey, do you want to tell everybody who you are? Just because I think we have some guests on the phone today. Uh, I'm Ryan Ellis, uh, membership director uh, for uh, TechNex. Um, yeah, I've been I've been home for five weeks now because of March break, and the Friday was the PA day. So yeah, uh, yeah, I come in on five weeks of uh, working from home. It's been interesting because I have three young kids, uh, three and three, ten and under. So, and my wife's a teacher, so it's been uh, a little chaotic trying to sort out um, schooling more than anything, because um, my kids go to different boards, um, or I guess uh, different subsectors of the board. So teachers have been faster than other teachers, and boards have been, it's been all over the place. And so it's been a little chaotic, and then the weather's been an issue too, trying to get kids outside. Um, and then I guess for us at Tekinex, um, you know, obviously we'd love to see everybody in person, but obviously this has given us an opportunity to get creative and really focus on some of the asks that we've been, people have been asking about going virtual for a lot of, for a long time, because not everybody can make it in person, especially with traffic. So, you know, this is, you know, given us opportunity to um, extend our reach, um, meet new people virtually. Um, and I think too, I think Sue, what Sue is saying, like, I think Kelly and I and John, like, I've, I'm not, I'm not leaving my seat. I'm, I'm going to fall 430, but I'm kind of in and out, but the workload has been, you know, a lot busier, but it's been fun. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I, I can complain about this, but also there's been some good opportunity and, you know, being creative and trying new stuff. And then once we do get back to the new norm, we'll probably create a hybrid process or a hybrid version of what we're doing. Um, so I'm, I don't know if Kelly wants to jump in on that, but, um, you know, we know some, we know members are struggling. Uh, we know members who have lost business. Uh, we've lost some members already because of uh, what's going on. Uh, we're not holding that against anybody. Uh, we're still reaching out to those people and they're free to come and join our sessions. Uh, so, you know, we're, we just want to help support everybody and, uh, you know, thanks to you guys for, you know, jumping on board and being a part of this. So uh, thanks, Tara and Maureen and everybody this morning. Thanks, Ryan. So I, um, there's a beautiful icon showing up here, but I don't know who that is. So who's that with the great avatar icon face? I think Sam, I can, I thought one is Sam there. Hey, Sam. And I, he did um, send me a note. I think he was having issues with hearing um, okay. on and off. So he may not be, might okay. not be there. Um, Dean, I don't think I, I think I missed you so far. Hi, uh, my name's Dean Collins. I'm with, in sales with D2R Collect. We do collection software. Um, I've worked from home before, so nothing is really new to me in that aspect. 
what I hope to get out of the program is a couple of tips today that uh, will help in terms of working from home and sales. Okay, thanks, Dean. Um, Akshay, I think that's the last one, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, I just log in. I didn't. I never knew that there was an introduction going on. So uh, yes, I am Akshay, and I work for S2H, Business Information System. I work as an account executive. So I'm uh, responsible to promote their software as a service platform called D2R Collect. And uh, yes, uh, with COVID-19 uh, all around, things have changed. So it's harder to reach people. And uh, since most of the business are closed down and uh, the things have really changed and we are strategizing and you know trying to uh, find new uh, ways uh, where we can really create attraction with respect to the uh, you know prospecting new accounts is concerned so we are we are working on social strategies and also how we can you know create more business so yes my take of you know i just want to you know know what uh, what other companies are really working on and how they are really prospecting and what are the you know how much successful they have been so far Okay, thanks. Um, so we had originally said we were going to run till 930. And I think there's probably time if we run over. I kind of feel like there's three buckets and Tara, you can weigh in on this too. But I feel like there's the engaging the team. I mean, what are you being able to do creatively as your work? place has shifted not just people going remote but maybe you've downsized etc and there's people left to engage there's the engaging clients and how do i keep that relationship and keep the communication going and the new reality and i think there's an element of um just sort of kelly had brought up something annie and team it's like okay what about recruiting what are people doing what about onboarding kelly had a story before we started about somebody's having to onboard people because they were on mat leave and they've come back during this um i've got a you know few that's kind of engagement but you know if you've got good stories about the fact that you are trying to hire or take you know take advantage of this um I would love that to flow into a conversation about anybody, especially I'm sure Sue would like to hear this, leveraging the student 100% um, subsidized hiring program that was announced by the government, um, because I thought that would be something companies would want and you'd have to figure out how to gauge those people and use them. So um, Tara, did I miss any buckets? No, I think that everything falls in, falls in nicely. Um, Maybe we can start by just talking a little bit about um, recruitment and how that's going, and are people still recruiting? I know, I know that I'm I'm recruiting a little bit, but um, you know, what are some of the what what is the feel in the market right now? I know some people are are really ramping down, but then I know some companies that are really really you know ramping up right now. So I guess, and we have some recruiters on the call as well. So maybe just we can spend you know. A few minutes just talking about the realities of, of recruitment right now. I'd be kind of curious to uh, find out what like when the government announced the summer student 100% subsidy all of a sudden okay that was kind of interesting it's free right but everything I've been able to find right now is first of all you you have to have applied to the Canada job grant or summer job grant program by February 20th or something like that and so if you want it now, the only way to get in is you have to write to your member of parliament, right? And I'm like, I, like I'm, I'm sorry, like I've written multiple letters to member of parliament through this for millions of dollars of 
funds being held with CRA and I'm not getting any responses. So I don't think I'm gonna get a member of parliament's attention. But am I understanding that correctly? Like that is the current process as far as everybody knows? So Patrick, as far as I know right now, that was something because every year we do apply for a student and you typically get 50%. And the application process was a while ago Right. And you are correct. It was by the end of February. So I think the fact that they've announced it has thrown people off because it is, it has to do with you having applied before and we don't even know actually right now whether we got it. So that's the other thing is you, you don't even know at this point, whether you have the ability <laughs> to hire a student. Yeah. So, like yeah. It, seems, it seems back asswards. It's like, okay, so if you're previously <laughs> approved, which means that you were actually fully prepared to pay for your students under a less of a subsidy, then you now are getting 100% money. But if you didn't previously do that, well, good luck. Yeah, and, and I think you are correct with that. Now, um, one of the things is that maybe Sue can jump in. She might even know about this, but there's the work integrated learning programs. So the will is what you'll see them called. I know we were on a call with ICTC and you can look through there. I'll see if I can find some information for you because you can hire some students through university and it's some of the workplace programs. And okay. I don't know how much funding you can get from that. I know that that is up a little bit more right now, but definitely the, the hiring the students, as far as I know right now, if you had not applied for it before, you aren't getting it. And you're probably not hearing back because they're swamped with so many people reaching out right now. If yeah. anybody else has any other um, ideas on that or can add to what, what I kind of said, go ahead. Sue, have you, um, has that, were some of the placements that you were talking about going to be through the summer student program and that's kind of fallen apart or was it will or was it just they were finding their own sort of summer assignments? Um, so ours were through the, our will program and um, it's a, a there's different terminologies um, from the government and the different terminologies mean different things and allow for different things. And so ours are our co-op, a proper co-op, which means that we offer a tax credit letter for any um, employers that hire any of our students. Unfortunately, a tax credit at this time is not probably enough money for any companies that are struggling. Right. Okay, thanks for the reality check, Pat. I didn't really understand that. Um, I do think um, maybe after this, Kelly, we could share the presentation that we had from the CEO roundtable about ICTC's programs, because the wage subsidy they were offering was quite substantial if you took someone through like a will program. No, about 70% or something. Yeah, it just seems odd that they announced this 100% funding for summer students and they really haven't figured out how to actually execute on it. I, unfortunately, I think, Patrick, that's reality with a lot of the programs that they've kind yeah. of announced. No, no, I, I know that, but it's like what, what I have seen is you have seven days, like you have until whatever, the 20th, to get in touch with your member of parliament and get permission. I'm like, okay, well, that's not going to happen. <laughs> no, and, and it's quite a cumbersome um, application when you actually go through it 
Yeah. It, because yeah. in order to fill it in, it, it does take quite a while to do. Yeah. And like I'm, I'm looking at the scale of like a few companies I'm working with are like, okay, I'll hire one. Right. It, you know, and it's just like, okay, well, they're not going to write members of parliament, fill out those applications and everything. And, and even the criteria was also pretty limited to begin with. Right. Like I thought the intention right now was please everybody go hire a summer student. <laughs> yeah, no, and that's what it makes it sound like. And that's the yeah. other thing too, is because they are typically their university or high school students that you're hiring right. for those, those yeah. roles and you're only going to have them for a couple of months. Right. So yeah, yeah it, it definitely is making it difficult. Yeah. All right. So stay tuned like the rest of the programs, I guess. Yeah. So bring it back to then the other, if that's not the reality and that's not pushing people to recruit, is anyone here in the mode of actually recruiting right now? Other than our recruiting team <laughs> that would probably like to hear what are clients doing and who's tip who's hiring? No, I think Maureen, even for the clients is a big, big hold right now. Only those are the critical positions um, and it all depends on the sector as well. So um, some of our health sector clients are still hiring, um, obviously IT um, and even in IT, only most critical uh, roles are being hired for. So all in all, it is, it is a slower uh, process, but what we are doing internally, we are trying to see what usually our clients hire for or will hire eventually. And we have started talking to people because there are a lot of people who, who have lost their jobs still available. So we are doing a you know, pipelining exercise where we are talking to them already in, in, in anticipation that when things will get better, hiring will happen and will happen on these kind of positions. Um, so we are, we are you know, trying to keep uh, our candidates engaged. But in reality, uh, a lot of positions have gone on hold, like 90%, and only 10% of very, very critical roles are being hired for. Okay, so maybe the question is, um, and maybe not for here, is really what are you doing about workforce planning for down the road? Because the reality will change. And people have terminated relationships with employees, they have laid off. Um, but I don't know if that answers the sort of culture and engagement question we were kind of talking about. So why don't I put a pin in that one? Um, because I think workforce planning could be. I think Maureen, we should talk topic. about, we should talk about new normal for, for work culture. Like what are we anticipating? Yeah. How the new uh, normal will be for work culture? Um, what others are thinking. For me, um, we used to work from home before as well. So it's not a huge shift, but obviously in recruiting, it will be a huge shift, which I'm thinking um, because there will be more trend of, you know, video interviews um, and other things, maybe, you know, um, working from home as well. But what others are thinking, what will be the new normal for, for their work culture? I think that's a that's a really good question. And how are so how are people keeping their their current workforce engaged and trying to build? Um, what are you doing to build culture to continue to build culture in these times? 
when you have everyone remote, when you have it times that are a little bit more uncertain than normal. Um, what are some of your organizations doing to keep people to keep people excited about virtually coming to work and to keep them connected? I, I know even just for our team, as small as we are, Ryan and I connect every day. So we make sure that we are on a call, um, that we, we FaceTime one another. We try to set up a Zoom account. Sorry, I don't know the kettle's going here, if that's what you can hear. Um, but we're trying to at least touch base a couple of times a day. I know I've seen a lot of other people. I talk to somebody else and he calls his whole team and they have a phone conversation with everybody every single day. So it's just at least trying to touch base and make sure you're seeing how people are doing. Um, for us right now, we're, we're going every single day, so it's a little bit easier, but you've got, you know, Patrick, I'd like to hear yourself, especially that your workforce has changed. People are, are down a few days a week, so I'm sure they're feeling a little bit different as well. Yeah, in all honesty, um, like, so we asked everybody to take a pay cut, so we thought it was only fair to also provide them the opportunity to reduce their working hours. But it was, it was also a recognition of the fact that reality is people are not going to be working 40 hours a week. They're, they're trying to deal with kids at home, parents, like life, right, is just very different right now. So, um, you know, we, we cut the working week by 40% to three days. Um, and to be honest, I don't know if we're getting even that level of productivity out of people, right? I think most people are working, but I'd be, I'd be surprised if we we're getting two days right, uh, of actual solid effort or results out of that. We're not generally a strong work from home culture. We've pushed a hard away from it for a long time. Right. Most people didn't even have laptops. We had to open up the office back to let people go in and get their desktop computers to take home. Okay. Uh, so we're struggling with it. Right. Um, and how long we'll continue to do that. I don't know. Patrick, do you think the answer is going to be a yeah, Hello. Hello. Yeah. Uh, yes. It's, it's me, Carol. Yeah. So for, can you hear me? Yeah. 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 Can everybody hear me? Yes. Yeah. Oh yes. Uh, so for us, uh, we have uh, we have done two things. One is um, uh, daily check in and check check out. Uh, so for example, every morning at eight thirty, uh, Peter and I call each other and we talk about um, what are we going to do today, um, briefly. And in the afternoon, mainly uh, at about three fifteen. Uh, Peter called me and to see um, to have a um, uh, to have a quick chat. So the, this is on daily basis, and every every week we have weekly review and weekly planning. And for the weekly re review and the weekly planning, I still want uh, I would like to have some um, uh, some advice from our uh, our panel. Uh, right now, is there anybody knows there's any software or any template? Because uh, we just uh, create a, a word documentation, uh, so some uh, we create ourselves. So this is a layout some uh, some things we are going to do uh, this week, and um, uh, Peter sent it to me, and I add something. 
So this is what we do. And we uh, third thing is we make the hours more flexible. So for example, in the afternoon, sometimes I go for running, Peter go for uh, um, walking or walk his dog. And it takes maybe one hour or more. And later on, we make up the hours. Later on, maybe after, uh, after uh, dinner or something. Yeah, and I feel during this period of time, even uh, I was hoping at the beginning, I was saying, oh my gosh, it's so good, work from home, it's such relaxed. But the reality is um, I'm not relaxing. I'm, I have a lot of things to do. And because mainly what I'm thinking is, uh, so right now it's okay. So uh, it, it's, it's good, our cash flow can last for, for a while. But the thing is, what are we going to do after the after the uh, the shut uh, shutdown, so where the business is now going to pick up immediately, and in April we see the sales revenue drop significantly. Even if we got some sales order or some in uh, some sales, but it, it doesn't help a lot. So that is it's just uh, so little, so little. And when we work work from home, so how we are going to be more uh, productive productive. And um, so, for example, so first thing I always ask Peter, so are you healthy? Are you okay? And I, uh, uh, the thing is, um, I don't know how much workload is, is, is a good amount and is a green balance off because I realized that it's not going to be the same, the same when we work in the office. Okay, so, yeah. um, sorry, I'm hearing that yeah. my connection's a little unstable, but, um, first question, I think, was anyone got a sort of planning activity-based yeah. software that Carol and Peter might use to kind of manage their weekly planning sessions and weekly reviews? Yeah. Uh, you even, you know, not the software, like some template or Word, Excel, whatever, anything. Okay. Yeah, it may work. So I know some teams are using um, a, a software called Trello. And I yeah. believe it's part of the, the um, like the MS suite and Google suite and stuff like that. Um, but it's really good um, to make lists and to be able to share lists and update them and you can move tasks around. And um, so I know a few teams are using that and they've been using it fairly effectively. Oh, I see. Uh, can I interrupt you here? We're trying to uh, use uh, Asana. Anasa, oh, let me see what the software. Uh, yeah, I know that software that is uh, is similar to uh, is similar to the software you mentioned. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Kara, I didn't catch that, and it might have been my connection. How do you spell that? T R E L L O. Trello. Oh, thank you. Oh, Trello. Yeah, and it's the one we uh, we uh, we are going to uh, to use because it's where still I'm still uh, I'm using myself, but I haven't uh, introduced introduced Peter yet, so that is Asana, it's spelled A-S-A-N-A. -A. Okay. Yeah. Um, the other thing that you mentioned, mm. um, which I thought was interesting, I don't mm. know, was what will we do, what are we doing about the after, or, you know, people are kind of hanging on right now as companies, um, you've got your teams, you want to try to engage them, but then what will come after? So I don't know if that circles right back to there's cash flow issues, but there's also like, will we come back to work the same way? Um, to go back to Tara's question. So 
from a Carol, I think yours is a business continuity question, but I think for everybody else, we're going back to does reality stay similar? Pat sounded like probably can't. Um, but anybody else want to comment? You know, after four weeks of doing this, do you think that there's things that you'll retain because they're working? I know for us, um, especially as Ryan had mentioned earlier, is that, you know, people had asked us to do some of the remote things. And I think for going forward, we will have a little bit of a hybrid of being able to do our peer groups online as well. It's a lot easier face to face, I think, from from that perspective. And it's that opportunity to meet different people. But I think for us going forward, we'll still we'll run things this way. So obviously we've come up with a new, a new way of doing some of the things that we, we are. Um, that would be the only change from, from our perspective, but I know different people are, you know, trying to try to manage their workforce as well. I guess one of the other things, Kel, is the amount of like recordings and podcasts have definitely increased and are, are, are getting more comfortable with that stuff. So I think even that will be, increasing as well the amount of recordings and getting as much stuff online um, will definitely increase over the next two to three months. So to, to go back to the, yeah, I think virtual, I think there's a lot of people who have learned about going remote. They've had to, we've all been had to figure it out as companies, but Tara, Pat, a bunch of my clients, um, are all in the same position where they had a culture of pretty much work from an office. Despite being small, you know, tech-based younger workers, there was still a culture of working from home. And um, I, I've heard the comment, you know, we, it's by someone on the phone, you know, we make, well, Tara, you said it too, you may continue to do this and it wasn't part of it before. Pat, it doesn't sound like you've broken that cultural um, barrier that, really if things go back to normal for the company the company's going to go back to working but is anybody else seeing success in the remote working and why they're going to possibly stay with a remote workforce i think a lot of our decision <laughs> excuse me is based around the fact that it's working now and we're getting really good feedback especially from a lot of our people who commute so, um, you know, commuting into the city is expensive and time consuming. Um, and they're just finding that being able to work from home is, is giving them so much um, more. It's giving them more of a work-life, you know, I don't think, I don't love the term work-life balance anymore. It is a work-life integration. Um, you know, they're able to do a little bit more with their kids. They're able to, to use that two hours that they were sitting on the go train or sitting in a car um, more effectively. And so that's why we're thinking of, of of keeping it because we've gotten such good feedback on it. Um, and there's tons more that we can be doing. We're not necessarily, um, we haven't perfected it yet, but I think we're getting better at it. Um, you know, our, our first goal for the first two or three weeks was just to make sure that everybody was connected on a regular basis, that we were having those check-ins that Carol mentioned. Um, you know, we have an executive meeting every morning for 10 minutes um, just to stay connected because you do miss those like hallway conversations and things. Um, 
but now what we're trying to do is, is create a little bit more culture. So we're using Slack a lot to, we're running like some social events on Slack and we, you know, we've been running like a Pictionary tournament um, for the past week for like 20 minutes every day. Um, so we're just trying to do some of those things that we would be doing in the office. Um, we were trying to take them online and keep people connected. So, um, so that's been kind of effective in trying to, to redefine what our workplace is going to look like and keep that culture in place rather than just have everybody working in a silo at home. Yeah. Tara, I, I don't disagree with the things you're saying. And I think the people that this is new for them that are working from home are very much enjoying it. And the people that were working from home before, you know, they just kind of carried on, right? There's an interesting uh, stream of thought though that I'm, I'm coming across fairly consistently, which is when this is all done, the last thing people are going to want to do is work from home. 100%. And that's what I've been saying as well. It's yeah. like, I can't wait to get that. Right? The, the, like it's going to be associated with badness, with yeah. isolation, with illness, right? And um, it'll be a very negative thing to not go into the office. Yeah, I think that I think it's going to I think there's definitely going to be that cohort of people that are, are really looking forward to coming back. But I think for those who had been struggling, especially around commute and around um, childcare, I think that they're they're embracing it a little bit more and hopefully will continue to. So what we've learned is we're going to be a little bit more flexible. We weren't necessarily as flexible as we sure. were as before. Yeah. Um, so we understand that we can be now. Yeah. So in, an interesting thought around that for other, other people's thoughts, I, you know, I've had roles in the past, mostly when I worked for IBM, where I worked from home and it was very successful because nobody was in the office in that particular leadership team, right? Um, but I still have a belief that when most of the team is together, or even half of the team is together in one place, they just don't think to group in the people that are working remotely, right? Like when I wander over, you know, to Maureen's desk and we start talking about something, you know, we're not like, oh, you know what we should do? We should get Tara on the phone, right? It, it just doesn't happen, right? Um, you know, and then people start feeling very isolated. That's what I'm struggling with, right? Is, you know, when we come out of this, how do we, you know, it, it works when a lot of people are working from home. It's not going to work when it's only a few people. It's, it's Jane here, Patrick. I um, understand completely what you're saying. When I was at Procter & Gamble, I was uh, leading up a global team. So I was in Toronto, had people in Cincinnati, Geneva, a few people in England and various places. Because everybody, we, we were sitting in an, a P&G office, <clears throat> but the team was all in different cities and countries and time zones. So because everybody was disconnected, we stayed connected. We used the various community, you know, instant messaging, what existed way back in the early 2000s. Um, we, you know, we used the, the, what was available at the time. We would do, um, you know, monthly team meetings where we would cater in. So everybody would get catering uh, because normally, you know, if you were in person together, you might do that. So we'd, we'd do that. There were a lot of things we would do to keep that feeling together and it worked. As soon as we had a, a situation where there were a couple of people physically in Cincinnati, as the team in Cincinnati was growing a bit, there were two or three or four people who were sitting side by side and then the rest of us were remote. Things were happening, stuff was going on in Cincinnati and they would forget to tell the rest of us, right? Yeah. Um, and so I totally get it. So I think it comes to, it's either everybody 
pretty much everybody needs to be remote or everybody needs to be together um, on, on a regular basis. That doesn't mean, you know, every single day, right. but on, on some kind of an often enough basis. And I think there will be a couple of things going on. One is the employees, many of them are going to say, hey, this is working for me. The, the, the work-life integration, I love that uh, term, Tara. Uh, the work-life integration is so much better. My life is better. I'm, I'm more engaged when I'm working because I'm, I'm able to take care of family more, et cetera. I don't have the commute. So the employees are going to love it. What I think might happen is the business owners and the leadership teams are going to say, hey, wow, we can save a lot of money by having everyone work from home. And they, they may be making some cash decisions, some cash flow decisions and profitability decisions and have workforces shifting to more work from home. There'll be, an, uh, I think there could be a lot of office spaces for lease um, because they say, hey, well, we made it work. And they may not understand the longer term implications of making that move happen. When you work really hard at making remote work, it can work really, really well but someone has to be working really hard yeah. at making it work. Having those Slack channels with some, you know, social stuff going on, you know, daily meetings, crazy hat day where everyone wears a crazy hat, recognizing birthday parties and everyone brings their own cake. That kind of stuff can, can make it work really, really well. But it's almost like you need a remote culture person, that that's their job or at least right. a good part of their job to make it work. So things are definitely gonna change. Um, and I think it will be different company by company what they've, they've discovered um, works, works for them. Yeah. yeah. I think, um, you know, this might go to Annie and, you know, um, team. I honestly think that we are a ways out for things to come back to normal for sure, but things will resume, especially in, in certain fields. Um, you've got healthcare today, you're gonna have the tech groups pick up pretty quickly. I think the leaders, the winners maybe is a better way to put it, are gonna be those that figure this out. And I think that, um, you know, Tara, the probability that there'll be a company out there that can accommodate those remote workers and integrate them into the company just as much as they're letting them be flexible, they'll, they'll, they'll take the staff. Um, I also think that the whole idea of, you know, working with virtual teams globally to increase your talent pool is going to come faster. I mean, it's been there, but I've got a lot of clients who rely on visas and bringing people here. That's, that could be a huge barrier. So I think to win in this, I think we're going to have to help, you know, if you're on the consulting side or the client side, I think you have to start thinking in terms of how you're going to help your clients figure this out and maintain the good practices that they're doing right now, like these daily meetings, because I agree, I've seen it too many times in my life where it falls apart. Um, and I, but I do think that the winners in this are going to be those that maintain it um, so that they can widen the talent pool and attract those people that don't want to commute two hours. Because six weeks ago, eight weeks ago, think about what we were talking about. We weren't talking COVID-19. We were talking about the challenge of keeping talent and finding talent. That's not going to go away as things come back. 
So I think the new reality is who's going to be the best at this remote working thing. And I look at a company like Annie's U.S. Tech, etc. They could be leaders in sort of helping companies figure out how to do that, even though that doesn't seem like the core to recruiting might be now the time to where well, you can't recruit is be figuring out how to teach candidates and teach companies how to do it well. Um, and Tara, I can't imagine what your world's going to be like uh, with respect to having to manage this as the HR person going back. Um, Sue, I don't know. I'm interested to think, do you think the colleges and universities are just going to just give up what they're developing right now, the platforms that you're building? Because that so, could make it. Sorry, Maureen. Sue actually had to jump off for I, a, a call there and Annie did as well. So okay. I just want to give you a heads up if you're asking questions. Ah, it's 930. Yeah. yeah um, so, you know, how, how do we take that twist to remote working and talk about client engagement? Like if we think about what we've done with our employees, are we doing enough to help our salespeople figure out how to do it with their clients? Is there anybody left? I'm trying to go back to my list. I'm looking at the phone going, uh, several people raised the issue of how do I, like, how do I keep clients engaged? How do I connect at this time? Anyone Jane, on the phone? Jane here again. One, what I've been talking with my clients about is, first of all, communicate very clearly with your clients that you are still in business, that you are there for them. And always start, to, don't go in trying to sell, but go in um, and, and communicate with them in the context of, are you okay? So, you know, Carol, you mentioned that you, your first question to Peter is like, how are you, right? So reach out, are you okay? And if the first reach out is just, are you okay? I want you, I want you to know I'm still in business and that's all you say then that's okay. And then you can keep following up, but communicate clearly that you're still in business, how they can um, still leverage you or, you know, what are you doing in terms of delivery of your service? If, if you can, if you, how, how that might've changed, how they can reach you and really make sure that you just, you want to know they're okay. And that's kind of the step one. And then that can evolve to discussions about how can you help them? How can you help them keep their business going? If you're a B2B, um, if you're in a B2B business, uh, and you know, how, say, hey, I want to talk about how we can continue to work together. Uh, I want to be here for you. And then you take it from there and see how the conversation goes. Thanks, Jane. Anyone else that's um, still on the call that was kind of in that account management position? Actually, were you, I thought you'd commented on that. Yeah, so, uh... With respect to that, I mean, of course, uh, there, there are two categories. I mean, uh, if you're really, if you have an existing customer and if you are prospecting, so there are two categories. In case you, it's an existing customer, definitely you can get back to him and reach him. Yes, I mean, of course, I know what you have been going through. And since you are already familiar, what kind of systems he's been using and how, what, what kind of, you know, infrastructure he already has in place. And uh, just... As uh, Jane said, I'm, I'm still in the business and definitely I'm here to help you out in case you really need any kind of help. So just don't, don't uh, hesitate to shoot out to me. And uh, with respect to prospecting, I mean, definitely, of course, 
you can't be at this point of time you can't be a, a quite salesy guy opportunistic then <laughs> my favorite word lady who's acting opportunistically okay so you're right so you can't be too 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 uh, salesy but definitely i mean with respect to the business concern uh, as i mean i can talk about our you know our strategy definitely we, uh, we have a uh, you know cloud based software solution so we we have been you know trying to promote our software with respect to that that yes we can really help the organizations which are not using their uh, yeah which are using offline systems currently we are here to help them out and we have and our contribution to uh, covid situation and to you know to help them you know uh, transition from offline system to you know a uh, completely cloud based system we are giving free trial we we have extended our trial period so that's our contribution and we are not charging you in a single penny for onboarding process as well so this is the kind of a support we are trying to promote from our company uh, is concerned and that is how we are trying to you know connect with the new prospects so this is what uh, you know we are working on currently and of course i mean since we we are not uh, you know uh, most of the you know companies are uh, working remotely and uh, somewhere or the other now uh, we are really working on uh, you, you know linkedin tools we are working on social uh, media more so that we can we are able to connect through them and uh, get more uh, traction in terms of prospecting new accounts and generate more more uh, business for the company but it's a long term process i would say i mean it's not just you know people are just sitting for us and uh, you know they're just waiting for us to just uh, reach us out and then they are going to you know give us their business but definitely of course with with respect to we are ex, you know extending hands and giving them free trials making them feel more comfortable and uh, i i think uh, we will land up somewhere uh, on a positive end okay so the question comes to mind when you talk about that actually and i don't know if you're in the position or anybody else in the phone you know it's an interesting dynamic managing a sales force that is trying to help you prepare for the return at the same mm -hmm. time as maybe supporting clients how have companies ch changed their expectations of those people and what about compensation <laughs> well i think uh, i might not be the right person but uh, what really um, you know of course uh, with respect to the management uh, position is concerned we have they haven't you know uh, chopped down our uh, wage wages and definitely we are on board and uh, uh, you know even the management is working on uh, how to really engage the workforce so yeah. we do have a you know a morning call at 8:30 and then we do have a, you know and just a casual call for the whole team which is uh, we also have a team in india so we have a call at 12:15 Uh, every day so somewhere or the other uh, you know we are trying to engage uh, each one of us and we are just uh, at 1215 call we are just talking what what is really working for us and if there some somebody is you know how uh, you know they are really tackling their day and uh, what has been working for them what has not been working for them and how productive are they so it's more of a discussion so that we are trying to connect each other and so that we are not we know everyone is secluded physically but definitely i mean if you are engaging on more calls on a casual basis not totally on focusing on the performance or everything it really helps yeah. the you know, workforce to you know just to uh, reflect back yes they are part of the team 
you know it really it really helps the complete workforce to be somewhere uh, i would say a motivated because somebody every every individual has something or the other to contribute and definitely uh, you know some somebody definitely talk about uh, some positive aspects of you know the, their daily routine that really helps us and of course uh, apart from that definitely i think my ceo would be uh, in a better position to answer the rest of your question <laughs> it sounds like you're doing it fairly well all right <laughs> parneet you had questions about managing that same side of things how are you guys doing it as a sort of account con uh, account management or sales team so i think we're doing kind of similar things to everyone else in that we're not trying to be opportunistic or pushy or salesy. We're just trying to be supportive. Um, all the banks have taken a stance to make sure that we're there for everyone as opposed to trying to, you know, increase our revenue or anything of that sort. In terms of working from home, um, I'm, I'm pretty shocked at how good it's been. I thought it would be a lot harder than it's turned out to be. Everyone is really supportive, really engaged. Um, we have daily touch bases, weekly, we touch base with each other to make sure we're connected. And I agree, I think everyone will be really eager to go back to work. But having said that, it's nice to know that the one or two days you don't go to work, you can still be engaged with your team. Um, but the challenges have been kind of around the same topics that everyone's been discussing. How do you kind of manage it? What will it feel like to go back to work? I'm not even sure I know how to talk to a person face to face anymore. <laughs> so yeah, it's going to be a little different, but yeah. Don't shake their hand. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. I think we've been making jokes with my family in India that it's time for the namaste to take center stage. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, Parneet, it's funny when you talked about this, how are we going to get back to it and what will it be like when we get back to it? Because it's worked well in certain situations or it works well some of the time. I have one client who started before COVID-19 increasing their days of work from home each week, mm -hmm. but the entire team had to go home on those days. So there were set days to work from home. Mm -hmm. um, the interesting part of doing that is that you have some flexibility for people like Tara who've got commuters that maybe only have to do it two or three days a week now. But mm -hmm. when everybody goes home, it's right back to let's pick up those same best practices that we had when we were all isolated. So I think the challenge will be those companies that maybe say, okay, some are going to work from home and some are going to come back. And then the people that come back get that Cincinnati team dominance kind of thing that Jane talked about, but uh -huh. the idea of everybody pushes out to home on certain days of the week and it's structured that way might force people to keep doing the good things. You know, yeah. it's funny, Maureen, because I remember, and uh, you know, Ryan Kelly may remember this, but a few years ago at the AGM for Tech Connects, um, what's his name from uh, uh, My Planet, um, or My Digital Planet, um, you know, he got up, he was a guest speaker, right? And he just made that very simple comment. He's like, no, people want to work from home. So we just, we said, if you want to work from home, cause you've got things to do, appointments to make, that kind of thing, do it on either, you know, Tuesday or Thursday, right? Those are the designated days. And I swear to God, the, the entire room went, oh my God, that's brilliant. <laughs> it was like an aha moment, but it sounds so simple. 
right? But the entire room at the AGM was writing that down as, a, as an idea. It was hilarious. Yeah, it seems to be quite well for the company because everybody works their life around it as well. Yeah. They know they did it beforehand, so they were able to flip the switch for COVID five days a week quite well. But when they return, they're going to go back to their two, possibly three days work from home. It continues the social distancing a bit, but it also keeps people saying, well, if I'm going to go to the dentist, I'm going to do it on our days that we work from home. Yeah. Um, and... and um, you know, it might be something that helps people bridge the issue. Um, I, I, you know, I, Parneet, I, I can't imagine how busy the banks are um, with customer service, but I, in my industry as well in insurance, it's the customer service side that's going crazy with the existing yeah. customers. But I still come back to then you've got this sales force out there and it might be something, Kelly, you could take to the marketing and sales groups you know, how, are, how do you support the sales team that's a little maybe forward thinking? Because um, everybody's learned, our, you know, everybody knows don't be opportunistic right now. It's, it really does put bitterness in all of our mouths when we, when we see it. Um, but that's what a sales team has to do right now, right? They have to be focused on that forward thinking if they're not in a service-oriented role. So I don't know, Parneet, are you you managing as well the sort of prospect side of it that Akshay was talking about? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we are. So um, I guess as a bank, we've taken a stance that we will look at kind of new clients that we were already looking at before everything started. But because all kind of hands on deck for to support current clients, we've kind of stepped back a little bit when it comes to prospecting. Okay. So we're slowing down a little bit. It's not that if there is a good new client that wants to be a part of the bag, we won't take them on, but we are kind of not focusing on that area, at least for now. Anyone else thinking about, I mean, if we talk about engagement in general, it's keeping people interested in what they do and keeping them focused on productive stuff because I think that's part of engagement. Would you agree, Tara? I think Tara's had to jump off. No, I, sorry, um, I was just muted. Uh, yeah, I would, no, I would completely agree. I would completely agree. So I'm kind of thinking of um, in engaging people, what are you able to do for people that their work, they're not able to do what they did yesterday. Right? They can't be opportunistic and prospecting heavily and cold calling and whatever else. Um, but if part of engagement, I think, is not, I mean, I think all companies are starting to do what we talk, that Sarah's talking about, some of the socializing via video, lunches together via video, everybody's showing what they made and all of those things. I think you have to be human, um, letting people go for a walk with their dog, whatever the case is. But I also. What I've been doing, uh, Maureen, just to stay engaged is. Um, I can't be cold calling and prospecting all the time just yep. because it's different, but, uh, I've been developing and learning new skills just on LinkedIn with LinkedIn learning. Um, and I'm trying to apply that to our website to try and improve our SEO or just different things to make it more user-friendly. Uh, so that those are things that Carol's let me do to stay engaged, uh, during this period of time when there is less cold calling and less prospecting. 
I think that that's great. Like, I think that, yeah, finding other, finding other things to do, finding, you know, if your core job, if you can't be doing your core job right now, there's always those things that you want to get to making sure that we're maximizing those right now. Um, but I've also had a few, it's, it's funny because I've had a few salespeople reach out to me and not in an opportunistic way, but they've, I think the more, I think what, what um, Jane was saying just around, you know, checking in and, and really keeping those relationships up, but also offering something. I'm very interested when people are sending me things to say, you know what, hey, check this out. Um, and here's a tool that you might be interested in. And like, I believe it was actually I was saying offering it for free or um, even just giving me any sort of information. I am, um, there's a couple people that have just been sending me, you know, cool white papers that they're sending out and I'm getting more interested in their product because there's no pressure. It's just like there, read it when you have a minute. Um, and you can kind of, when you have a few minutes to start actually thinking, I, I, I find I'm spending a little bit more time thinking these days, um, cause I have, I can block some time off. Um, but I think just keeping top of mind with people and, and just that check-in and, and it's not in an opportunistic way. It's just a, you know, Hey, here's something that might be interesting. Um, that's really been helping kind of on the prospecting side, at least I'm probably a little bit more open to having those conversations or, or reading those things now. That's good to hear. There's a lot more like, and so then the last thing I would, would suggest is maybe can anyone comment? I mean, actually you didn't feel it was, you could really comment, but maybe Tara, you can, or Pat. So how do you change your management and expectations of people when you want them to keep engaged, but they aren't going to be doing exactly like I'm imagining the dialogue of Carol and Peter have something great going, but how do you talk to a team to encourage that? Take this time to be creative, take this time to think outside the box, take this time to build strategy and still value that as productive work. Is it a challenge? Are sales managers, you know, able to value it? Does the COO, does the CFO value that contribution? I think whether they will value it or not now is whether they have valued it in the past and role modeled that in the past. So if in the past they have encouraged creativity and out of the box thinking and taking some time out of the busy day to build their skills, then it will be a nat natural progression to keep doing that. If they haven't done in the, in the past and they wanna start doing it now, then they have to show that they trust their employees to make good decisions about how they use their time and they have to be you know it's like not constantly checking out well how did you spend every minute of the day but this is you know agree on this is the work that needs to be done here are some opportunities uh some ways you can use your time now you know balance your life work your life and your your, your work life and your personal life around that um and and openly saying we understand you have all this other stuff going on that you need to deal with but you know we trust you to do what you need to do and we encourage you to take this opportunity to do the, the linkedin learning build your skills um you know work on some of those long-term projects that had have been hard to get to and it comes back to do you trust your organization and how do you show that you trust them I was just leaving it out if anybody else wanted to comment. Um, thanks, Jane. 
I think you're right. I think it is about that trust and that sort of might be a shift into Tara's comment or the whole thing of the conversation. What culture are you building? And it maybe it needs to be a different culture when you can't check in and so on. Um, I think there also, you know, I think there needs to be the opportunity to sit down and start thinking about what people are contributing for the future that might not know, we might not know the benefits of, we might not know the um, productivity that's going to come from it, um, especially when you can't test it. So there'll be a lot of things that you might try right now in connecting with clients or connecting with prospects or connecting with your team and you won't know the actual results down the road but i don't know i think it's a tough one for managers i think it's uh i think it's you know something we could talk about for a long time but i think how companies are going to sustain themselves after this and how companies are sort of what are they doing right now to sort of be prepared for it could be another conversation don't know if it's just the HR world, but I think we do have to start thinking, let's hope positively, about June. You know, what's the reality in June? What are we going to do about it? How do we plan for it now? Because I can't imagine those companies, when the, when the switch gets flipped, so let's just say Rob Ford says two weeks from now we can go back to allowing some of the uh, construction projects you know, as we flatten the curve. What are those companies gonna do? So again, if we can go back to, you know, uh, we're gonna, I don't know how they're gonna do this staged return to work, but there's gotta be a return to work. So I don't know, are we able to think about that yet? Are we, should we be talking about that at the next HR session? How are we prepping to get ready for the, for the, for the, for things to open up? Is that a worthwhile topic or are we not there yet? Not sure. I, I guess maybe depending on depending on how things go. I, I I don't know if we're there yet, but I could be wrong. When do you think we are going to see some people return to work? Uh, we heard today that they may be extending this for another month. So there's supposed to be an announcement. I, so I have really have no idea when people he, will return. He, he said yesterday yeah. during his press conference, like it was speculated that they extended another month um, from the 18th. So yeah, it, Ford, Ford extended it 28 days. I don't 20, think he's legally yeah. allowed. Yeah, I don't think he's legally allowed to do it longer than that, which is the only reason it's not being longer. You're not you're not allowed to do it for longer than two weeks at a time. He just let them know that he's going to. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, but legally, you're not allowed to do it for longer than two weeks yeah. at a time. Personally, I'm fully anticipating we're settling into this until July or August at a minimum. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're anticipating that as well, because we're looking forward at some of the events and some of the things that we run, and we're just pushing them way out. I, I think, too, the other thing is, is that people are going to hesitate to want to get back to things. Um, pretty quickly as well. So I think we, we have to be very cognizant of that when the return to work situation does happen, because I think at the same time, some people will be very, um, very hesitant to get back and to get into the normal routine. Yeah. yeah. Well, and maybe that's, 
Okay, so I'll leave it open. If, if anybody has a suggestion for the next month, what I'm thinking of, whether it's June, July, whatever, August, um, there is gonna have to be a transition and you have to figure out because I would think when a door opens, despite employee hesitation, owners of companies are going to have to take that opportunity to generate revenue again, if they can. So the bigger question may be, so, hey, if we have to come back to work in July, how am I going to manage the anxiety with my teams and the challenges we face about keeping people safe still? Because I know this is a reality from a safety perspective. I'm not sticking my head in the sand, but if the economy has to come back at some point, even in a phased approach, owners and CEOs are going to have to make decisions. They're not going to say, I still don't think it's safe, even though government has said we can start back on construction. Those decisions yeah. were made for us, right? And then how do you manage your teams through it? Yeah. <laughs> Anybody have a different topic they'd like to talk about then um, for next session or any ideas for Tara and I? Okay, if you can't think of any right now and you don't want to open them up, just send them to me. You can send them to myself or you can email Tara. Um, sometimes I know it's that aha moment that you think of something afterwards or something comes up. So don't, I, I, don't hesitate. I think, no, I, I'm think smirking we can because like both in personal and professional life, it's like, it's hard. Like you can't have a conversation about anything else these days, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. I think... I think a month from now, we can have exactly the same topic and it will be a completely different discussion. So sure, I think you yeah. could just do the yeah. same thing and it will be extremely valuable as well. Yeah. Okay. That's great. Guys, we've, we pushed the extra half an hour. Thank you so much for you know continuing to share and stay. I know you all are still we're really busy. So appreciate the commitment. And that's what we'll do. We'll run a session again next month about, you know, more lessons, your more lessons that you've learned over the last month on kind engagement. of a where are we now? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, kind of where, what, what stages are we at or how do we move forward? Yeah. So. I would say Kelly, there was a lot of people in the call today that that might be able to tap into the sales or marketing peer groups too i think they've gone virtually but i mm -hmm. i that's a real reality for most of us because there isn't one company that doesn't have clients so sort of best practices in that um i wouldn't have thought of it as the people topic but it was obviously a theme for many people on the phone today so i'll Definitely. let you and take that away so I, um, I have a couple of things. I have the link from Seneca College on the uh, work integrated learning. So I'll send that out so everybody has it. Plus I have the um, uh, CEO topic as well, the uh, ICTC information. So I'll make sure I send that out to everybody. A couple of different things is tomorrow uh, at 11, E&Y is doing a session on valuation theory and investor presentations. So you can join in on that. We've got product management on Thursday. The uh, CEO peer group is running again on Friday. They're trying to touch base a little bit. I know some of you are, are kind of on that. Uh, next week is we have the CIO from City of Richmond Hill and he's been in touch with all of the 
the other cities around and how they're actually handling things and what they're doing. So he's going to talk about kind of his journey as a CEO or CIO and what they're putting in place. And then it's not on the calendar, but uh, we're just finishing something up. We're going to do another little bit of a lunch and learn session. We will be talking about the government economic relief programs because they've changed. There's more information. Um, as Patrick had kind of brought up, I think each day they throw it out there and then they try to plan it from there. Uh, I know cyber hacks right now are up 40% both on the personal side. Uh, we know several people right now that their bank accounts are being hacked, uh, spending, so just watch those as well. So we'll have somebody talking about cybersecurity and we're having somebody talk about uh, protecting accounts receivable. So I'm just putting everything together, but that'll be next Wednesday as well at 11 o'clock. But other than that, if for sure, if you have any questions or you have any suggestions or ideas, don't hesitate to reach out to myself, uh, Ryan. You can send to Maureen. Make sure you connect with her on LinkedIn as well. And we hope everybody has a great day. Enjoy the sunshine and we will connect soon. Thanks all. Have a great day. Bye -bye. Take care. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. <laughs>